Welcome to this week's episode of Tell Me More. We're in the studio, all three of us, and we are beginning the journey toward Easter and our Lenten journey. And we discuss the Psalms of Ascent, we discuss the history of Easter, and we encourage each other with this powerful psalm that we studied on Sunday. So don't miss it. Okay, well, we are here. You and tell me more again. We're in a new season. Welcome, yeah, look welcome. At look at us go. We have closed the book on winter mm-hmm. as a season, as a preaching season. Yep. It's still going to keep coming up. Yep. But we're in a new season for our church, if you tell didn't me more. know. So mm-hmm. what what season is this? We, we are in the do, season do, 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 do. of Lent Easter. How about that? You said Lent <laughs> so cheerfully. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because I love this season of the year for us. I love the journey that we're on, and uh, it's, it's always different every year. But I'm I'm really looking forward to the journey this year. Well, it's already begun. Started on Wednesday. It did. Wednesday. Yes. What a good service. Oh my goodness. So meaningful. So special. Powerful. If you're the one administering the ashes, what's the proper word? Imposing, Imposing. the ashes. It is. I don't even know about the rest of the service. Mm-hmm. It's just so humbling. Mm-hmm. And it's a very spiritual yes. act to just be the one to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ask people to repent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're not doing your own self-reflect, I mean, that's just a powerful mm-hmm. thing. So mm-hmm. I love Ash Wednesday. Yeah, it was very, yeah. very powerful, meaningful. And uh, now we've got our base tor- turn toward Easter and comes really early this year. It does, us. March 31st. One of the, one of the earliest. Uh, yeah, April will come <clears throat> and Easter will be done. Right. Isn't that wild? Mm-hmm. It's interesting. So it is. We can thank yes, Dr. Wells. Gregory the 13th for Tell that. Tell us more. Why <laughs> does Easter change? Why does it move on the calendar? Well, you know, the church, um, historically, Council of Nicaea wanted us to establish Easter as a particular Sunday through the year, or each year. But the problem with that is, you know, the Passover changes, and so you want you want the, the celebration of Easter to be connected to that. And so the church, by that time, had adopted the Julian calendar and mm-hmm. the Julian calendar. So it, it is a solar calendar. However, it doesn't take into accommodation really the um, um, the way the leap year is supposed to work, you know. And so you have to wait until 1582 till we finally get it resolved. And uh, that's Pope Gregory the 13th. And he was he had been dealing with all these mathematicians. And the problem is the the church in the east, the church in the west, and you know had disagreed about the date. And so finally. He brought in enough um, folks who understood the, the the cycle of of both the moon and our um, revolving around the the sun to finally set the date of Easter. So, 1582, he he issued a papal bull and um, reorganized the calendar, and then it was actually named after him. It's now called the Gregorian How calendar, which is what we use. Mm-hmm. And basically, they established what. What occurs every year is called the, it's called the ecclesiastical moon, and it has to. It's the first ecclesiastical moon after the spring equinox, and the you'll first Sunday that. after you'll catch that, that is Easter. Okay, so it moves a little bit here yep. and there. So we so got to the get through spring equinox. Yeah, so it can't after be the spring that's right. So right. it can't be it's named early, after the church. Than March the ecclesiastical 21st. Yeah, the moon. ecclesiastical moon, March twenty yeah. first. That's the spring equinox. That's always spring equinox, right? Is March twenty. So that one's set. But the next time we get the. We've got to get the Wait, moon. Not full moon, the ecclesiastical, ecclesiastical moon. moon. Some people call it the Paschal moon. And I've once you have that, like Easter first moon. Sunday yeah. after that is Easter. And But the problem was when he issued, and, and they figured out that, that in order to, to determine the right 
number of leap years, you also have to factor in the the every time you turn a century, seventeen hundred, eighteen hundred. If if a okay. if a year is divisible by a hundred, you don't have a leap year unless it's divisible by four hundred, and then you add the leap year. And that's the that's where they corrected the calendar. And so mm-hmm. it was kind of interesting that you're in fifteen eighty two though, because it was like October second, and so they realized they needed to just add like twelve days. So you on the calendar there, you go from October twelfth, October second to like October fourteenth. So there's no those days don't exist they just, in that's history. Right. They just do about them. And, uh, and so, but the problem is, by that time, the Reformation was in was burgeoning, and mostly in full bloom. So the Church of England said, we're not going to accept a papal bull to tell us when to set Easter. Right. The Orthodox Church, you might imagine, said the last who are you? we're going to be looking to to tell yeah. us when Easter is, is yeah. the Pope. We're actually not so very interested in what Rome has to say. Julian calendar. Yeah. But eventually what happened was the it was really kings and princes and the, the Pope was really the Pope was after a um obviously a liturgical calendar, but the civil calendar was important to him too. So finally you had enough kings and princes who said, Look, we, we need a civil calendar that all of Europe can agree to and so eventually they came to an agreement that, okay, this calendar actually works. So it was pretty much adopted. So when the British government adopted it, they still were in control of the U.S., <laughs> and so you know we we also adopted the calendar. Here and, we are, uh, and so, that is how Easter moves right. around so the calendar. Year, <clears throat> the ecclesiastical moon will, will occur, and then the very first Sunday after that is March thirty first, and so that'll be Easter. So it's pretty early for us this year, yeah. and, and so, so that also helps date Ash Wednesday. It's, it's a little bit confusing because Ash Wednesday is credited to another Gregory, who's actually the original Gregory. Gregory the first or Gregory the Great. So it goes back before six hundred. Yeah. Know, when he was a pastor in the church at Rome. I always hesitate to call him Pope because I don't know that he had that much authority. Uh he certainly wouldn't have called himself that. But regardless, he's the one who said we need to have a season of preparation and um in and so forty days is a biblical number. So he chose yep. forty days, but <clears throat> and to prepare, to fast, to pray. But the problem is you can't fast, according to Catholic theology. You don't fast on Sundays. You fast on Sunday, so you have to pull the Sundays out. So, right. So if you take the Sundays out and put 40 days, then you back up to that Wednesday, and that kind of became the day to begin the journey. And so the two Gregories have influenced our what we're doing right now. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? it <laughs> Thanks, Greg. <laughs> That's exactly right. Appreciate you. Thank you, Greg, today, um, if you see one. So, on behalf so it's of confusing because even to this day, the Orthodox Church still will not embrace that papal bull. And that's why if you have Orthodox friends, they are celebrating Easter on a different day. They're celebrating Palm Sunday on a different day. So if you were to drive past an Orthodox church Mm -hmm. and one Sunday they're out and they walk around their building with palm fronds and you see them doing that and you think it's not Palm Sunday. It is for them. Why? It is their Palm Sunday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they've never embraced it. And so... Um, so it gets a little confusing for us, but that's kind of the history of it. And so, you know, the civil calendar mm-hmm. has accepted it. And so um, so it's pretty much embraced, you know, a- across the Western world. You know, so Easter Sunday is marked on the calendar as a, it's actually a, we know it's a religious celebration, but I mean, it's yeah, a but civil day. Schools have the day off. Right. That's cities, right. Yeah. So is what yeah. it is. And so here we are. So we've had Ash Wednesday already. Right. Powerful. And then Sunday, <clears throat> we began Yesterday. this journey together in ascent. Together in ascent. That's right. I, I felt led, you know, as, as we, as, as as I shared with the church Sunday, as I was as I was out in July, and I felt this sense, this need, this hope, this desire for us to build a stronger community together. 
again, coming out of the isolation. Uh, I, I know people are tired of mentioning the pandemic, but mm-hmm. I mean, it is what it is. It's mm-hmm. had a profound effect upon us, whether we want to admit it or not. And so the the calling to be the people of God uh, to me is is a powerful one. And so that idea of being together, I just I just kept just focusing on that word, you know, while I was studying in July, next thing you know, I looked up every Hebrew word, every Greek word, and there's so there's so many different words in both Hebrew and Greek for together. Um, and and then <clears throat> once I did that, then I laid out our liturgical calendar, kind of our eight seasons of the year, if you will, mm-hmm. and just decided, all right, I want to, I want to look at the different ways we can address what it means to be together. Also wanted to use every section of scripture through the year. And so, so um, if I was new to maybe reading the Bible, what, what do you mean by that? Because we have the Old Testament and the New Testament. Are you telling me there are more sections of scripture than the Old and New Testament? <laughs> yeah, yes. Tell me more. Tell us more. <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> I well, thought there were just two. Yeah, you know, when you look at the Old Testament, you, you have the books of the law. We typically refer to that as the Torah. Okay, so that's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's right. Mm -hmm. Then you have this more um, narrative material, you know, uh, in in the Old Testament, things like Samuel and Kings Mm -hmm. and Chronicles. Where we get the story of David. And in the Hebrew Bible, that's in a different section. It's called the writings. That's right. So it's it's unto itself, if you will. So we've got Uh, two sections so mm -hmm. far. But you also have the wisdom material, mm. you know, things like the Psalms and the Proverbs and the Job, Ecclesiastes, Job, Song of Solomon. Mm-hmm. But then That's you three. have the prophets, the prophetic material. So you've got Isaiah four. and Jeremiah and Ezekiel. And Okay, so so far, four. the books of the law, One. we have kind of historical writings. Mm-hmm. We have what scholars sometimes call hymnic and wisdom literature three. and the prophets. Correct. Four. Okay. And then you get to the New Testament. What? <laughs> and, uh, that got, must be five. We've got the Gospels. Oh, okay, so there's that's five. five. Yeah. So, I'm going to need my other hand putting my coffee down. <laughs> um, so but, that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Right. And then and then you've got the book of Acts, which is really... Its own thing. Yeah, its own thing. And then you've got the epistolary literature. You know, you've got mm, the... That's a big word. The, the, letter, the letters, letters, if you will. So, you know, as you start... Is making, there another... <laughs> Well, you can you can go, you can go to what is seven's it? a great word, but you can go to the apocalyptic <laughs> literature. Luke is me. holding up seven fingers. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if we if count you, oh, the apocalyptic oh, there's an eighth, literature, there's an eighth if you add to Revelation. Eight. That's right. Mm, but so, we like seven better. Yeah, seven so, is fun. You yeah. could consider Revelation a letter, epistolary, epistolary in some form. Yeah. And I'm probably going to group it there. So from a preaching perspective. If you're planning a year, not every year maybe, but sometimes you're thinking, how do I hit all these genres? How do right. I hit the whole scope that's of what we're doing, right? right? So that's what you're talking about mm-hmm. happening so in July. You, you give the church an opportunity to get the full scope of the biblical material, uh, at least at some point during the year. So that's what I'm trying to do this year. Mm-hmm. So um, obviously we began with Ephesians because I wanted to you know, set the tone for kind of where we're headed. Just a little bit of Ephesians actually in the winter. We didn't really delve into the whole book. Um, but now we're going to be in this this uh, wisdom literature. In the spring, we're going to go, and we're going to go to the, the book of the law. We're going to do the book of Exodus, studying the book of Exodus. It's after Easter. Wednesday, after Easter. Get to so Easter. we're just going to make our way through these different genres of biblical material throughout the so year. So you're preaching mm-hmm. on Sunday mornings mm-hmm. is Psalms of Ascent, particularly Psalms, mm-hmm. Psalms of Ascent. Right. The daily Bible readings, which are actually the same text each the day. The weekly Bible mm-hmm. readings. Right, mm-hmm. but we're going to read them each day. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's tricky right. that way. Yeah. It's fascinating. It has both and, a psalm. And, and it's really good. Um, and a narrative. Because I love the grand scope of the material, but it also 
gives me a chance to to introduce all of that to the church. Um, and m- most of our our seasoned veterans already know all of that. So, mm-hmm. but you know, some people may not know it. So, at least sure. gives you a sense of of the scope of the biblical material. Plus, it also connects you to the big story because the big story is woven through it all. Mm-hmm. And and this year, I've also tried to think about. Um, we've talked about APEST, the apostles, prophets, mm-hmm. evangelists, and shepherds and teachers, and the idea that um, that it's almost like if you, if you think about each one of them, they kind of carry a different tenor, a different voice to the conversation in the life of the church. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to adopt that a little bit in even how I'm preaching. Mm. So in the in the winter, introducing all of this to me, to the church, because some of this is new for us to have a conversation about. Felt somewhat apostolic, letting our people think about these gifts or these gifted people and how they function in the life of the church. Mm-hmm. But now we've shifted gears. Now we're on an Easter journey through the Psalms, and this feels more like a shepherding journey. So I'm trying to adopt the voice of a shepherd, mm, which isn't too hard for you to do. Right, I kind right. of, I kind of like that one. So yeah, uh, you kind of have anyway, the voice yeah. of a shepherd. Um, it's good. So um, that's what I'm. I'm trying to do so, yeah. and so okay. Sunday, Psalm one twenty one, one of my all time favorite psalms. Yes, and and my goodness, church member after church member Sunday morning said something to me about that particular psalm, how how God had has already used it in their lives, in their own journey. Um, I had one of our church members send me a musical arrangement of it, huh. uh, which was just absolutely incredible. Um, so. It, it, it kind of struck a nerve for many of our people because that psalm is very familiar, and it's it's one of my wife's favorite psalms. What's funny is um, Saturday, was it Saturday? I think, yeah, um, Ada, our granddaughter, wanted to just spend the day with us. We had, she had a little basketball game, and um, so after the game, <clears throat> they had a little party, and then she just, wanted to, she just wanted to hang out with Mimi and Poppy, so we took her for the day. And so that evening, uh, we were at our house, and... My wife loves the musical, The Sound of Music. It's not, it is it's not, a classic. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's not my favorite, but I mean, you know, I get it. <clears throat> We've seen it enough. That's it's a why. classic. I mean, it's Julie Andrews. And I love Julie yeah. Andrews. In fact, when it has its she place, first even came if you on, don't Ada love it. said, that's Mary Poppins. <laughs> so she's more familiar with that one. Fair. But fair. <clears throat> when you get to the end of The Sound of Music, when the, you know, the Von Trapp family is hiding in the, in the convent, and the mother superior is trying to help them, and then Julie Andrews and the and the, the the husband say, you know, well, okay, the borders are all closed, we can't drive, and and he said something like, well, I tell you what, we'll drive. And he kind of points. He said, we'll drive up to the mountains, we'll park, and then we'll just run. And she looks at them and says, well, when you do that, you will not be by yourselves. And they all kind of looked at each other, and she and she kind of looks off. She said, "I'll lift my eyes under the hills from whence cometh my help." And she quotes Psalm one twenty one. And so I was sitting there while that was happening. And I, and so I just paused the movie and I said, "I will be preaching on that tomorrow." Just like y'all to know. <laughs> Let's just so, take this moment and recognize. Yeah. I'm surprised we didn't sing "Climb Every Mountain." Yeah, we could have. Um, we missed a moment. Yeah. Well, you could do it now. Yeah, we could. Uh, that look, do it. We could, but <laughs> just just like Paul says, oh, he did it. <laughs> That's as much as Thanks, you're going to get. That was but, plenty. <clears throat> but I love that image. I love <laughs> we don't need more than yeah. that. <laughs> but I love that sense of, um, you know, this. This idea of being on a pilgrimage obviously mm. is connected to the Psalms of Ascent and that you are on this journey toward Jerusalem, presumably. That's what at least most of us believe about mm-hmm. these Psalms. Mm-hmm. 
And and I like that. I like that yeah. sense of ascending to the hill, making our way toward Jerusalem. Yes. So, uh, Very powerful image. It is. Mm-hmm. As we prepare ourselves mm-hmm. for the Lenten journey. Mm-hmm. Or I guess we're on it, but, you know, we we're are. not. Mm-hmm. We're, we're still starting out mm-hmm. in terms of days. Mm-hmm. It's, a power, it's a powerful mm-hmm. thought. It is. I it think, is. Thought mm-hmm. practice for our people. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the metaphor. Yeah. Luke, you got some Hebrew pulled up on your iPad. Well, I mean, it, well, Luke's a Hebrew man, so, you know. Luke's our Hebrew man. Let's not overstate my Hebrew skills. <laughs> well, among us, in this moment, Luke's our Hebrew man. We're, we're considering you that, my brother. Yeah. Uh, it's an eight-verse eight psalm. Yep. Very powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. It's Little so, strophes. Yeah. And you, you use some Greek to talk about it on mm-hmm. Sunday. And in mm-hmm. a diplosis. Yeah. Well, just that repetitive, you know, um, I mean, I, I minored in literature in college, and so... You know, I love how poets are able to, uh, they're, they're so economical with their work, the good ones. Yes. You know, they're economical yes. with their words. So they have to use techniques to get your attention. And that's one of the things I love about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this idea that you can repeat something and it's almost like you can read it first without even noticing it because it just flows. Right. Yep. You know, and then if you'll stop and go, no, wait a minute. But then if it's repeated, help, it, it help, catches you. Watch, yeah, watch, yeah. watch. I mean, well, yeah. one of the hallmarks of <laughs> Hebrew hymnic literature, which is the book of Psalms, mm-hmm. is this usage of parallelism mm-hmm. is what some Old Testament scholars call it. Mm-hmm. And that's really where you have essentially two lines or even sets of four lines, quatrains, if you will, uh, that really parallel one another. Mm-hmm. So Hebrew poetry often utilizes no rhyme. There's not really mm-hmm. discernible rhythm or cadence like you know if you studied literature you would think about like shakespeare uses iambic pentameter you don't have you're not going to see that in hebrew poetry there's no rhyme meter is not discernible but there is reason there is reason (laughs) but their poetic device is parallelism Mm -hmm. and it's this repetition of lines Mm -hmm. and an expounding of an idea Mm -hmm. line by line to Mm -hmm. build to something bigger Mm -hmm. yeah And, and that to me once you once you notice it it's like you can't unnotice it, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, in, particularly mm-hmm. in this psalm, and um, and you know, it starts off to me with, and I also like the way. I mean, this is just my image of how you begin in first person. You know, I'm going to do this, and then the response is, "Well, here's here's what'll happen to you mm-hmm. when you do this." And I just kind of envision that it's the leader starting this song while they're walking, and then the and then the congregation responds to him. Some people say, well, no, this is an internal dialogue, you know, that a person's having, which, I mean, whatever. We don't yeah. really know for sure. But we do know they sang their way to Jerusalem. Right. So I just imagine them singing this over the person that's the leader. Mm-hmm. What was interesting was when the service was over, one of the, we had a visitor sent him on a guest. They're actually part of the family of our church. They just live somewhere else now. Uh, but he's in the Air Force. And uh, he came up to me and, and he said, um, he said, I've never thought about Psalm 121 the way you, the way you um, described this morning with that leader saying something that everyone else responding. And, uh, and he said, in my training, you mm-hmm. know, when I was in um, basic training, all of our marching songs, you have a leader in a chorus. Mm-hmm. And he said, I've been doing this for years in the Air Force. You know, when you go, to, when you go back and have to retrain, and he said, the leader speaks, then all of us respond to him. And he said, I, I reread the psalm so differently after mm. that. And uh, mm. so that was interesting. <clears throat> well, and I like it in the imagery of together. Right. That, yeah. you know, right. even if we're not sure, let's just pretend for a minute that this is done communally. Yeah. And we are yeah. journeying toward yeah. mm-hmm. Jerusalem. Yeah. 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 We were watching um, one of the 
one of the Chosens, I think it was had to do something on Christmas, also Saturday. Um, we just watched a snippet of it, and it was <clears throat> Mary and Joseph were on the way to Bethlehem. And it was, uh, I mean, yeah, on the way to Bethlehem for, you know, with her waiting to have a baby. And it was interesting because there were all kind of people on the road, you know, and I guess I hadn't thought much about it, to be honest with you, in a long time. And it, and you could just see groups of people traveling. Mm-hmm. Now, they weren't going to Jerusalem, but they were going for the tax situation. For the census, right. yeah. And, um, you know, they were just kind of traveling as entourages, you know, and I thought, mm-hmm. well, that's kind of interesting. We, mm-hmm. we do that as family sometimes, yeah. you know. And, a little caravan. You'd almost never travel alone yeah, in these that, days. It would have been incredibly yeah. dangerous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the funny. idea that there's a lot of movement because there's a census, you know, they're not these mm-hmm. solo travelers. Yeah. The, the whole region is affected by mm-hmm. it. It's kind of a fun imagery, yeah. you know, yeah. Fascinating. a hustle and so, bustle. Anyway, so yeah, it's good. So here we are, Psalm 121. Yeah, well, any of these, uh, I mean, again, I see Luke scrolling, so Luke, hop in, but there's some rich vocabulary in it. Just in case. Well, no, I mean, and we talked about some yesterday, but <laughs> I think it is worth emphasizing some of the words that we are so familiar with in English, we see them in the Psalms and we think mm-hmm. we know what they mean. You did a good job yesterday, Dr. Wiles, mm-hmm. of helping us know mm-hmm. that Sometimes, it you know, the, the English doesn't do justice. Yeah. So you talk about God, where does my help come from? Let right. me talk yeah. about help. Even in Genesis, I think about, you talk about God is our helper. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we think of it as, yeah, you, mm-hmm. you talked about helping somebody move, but really mm-hmm. help us understand. Mm-hmm. What's, what are we really getting into when we talk about God as yeah. our help? Well, I think it's, it's that particular word is used as a noun, I think, 20 times in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And the overwhelming majority of the time is referring to God's power to deliver, you know, not just, I, I, I think the word, I mean, I get it. It's sometimes you have to translate. So right. <laughs> you got to find words. But this is a potent word really, full of power. It's, just, it's not just help yeah. like I'll show up and help you load some furniture. This is like intervene in your life. Like a deliverer. Power. Right. The majority of the usage in the Old Testament is this is a verb that accompanies God's person some of the notable exceptions are it's also the descriptor of Eve. Eve, right. that's right. <clears throat> right. One more time. Say that one more time. Said, this is a word that accompanies Adam, will, God's attributes right. and then also <laughs> gets so, applied to women. That's right. Because the Lord told Adam, I will make a helper yeah. suitable for you. And, and again, when you hear that word, it sounds somewhat um, less than mm. great. And I'm going to be a helper. Yeah. But when you realize that word is attached to God almost exclusively in the Old Testament, and it and it's just a picture of His presence and His power, and just what He brings to everything that without Him is just not present. Right. You know, it's just mm-hmm. not there unless mm-hmm. He's there, and He brings that. Mm-hmm. And so I think about in my life, just uh, how many times have I needed God's help? Where I've I've actually paused and said. You know, I need help. I need to figure this out. I need to know how to deal with this right here. I need, I need to know how to make this decision. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just, that's what I try to say Sunday morning. You're just in your life, you know, you're going to face mm-hmm. so many times mm-hmm. where you, you feel helpless. You feel like you don't know what to do. Sometimes. But again, when we talk about help, it's not like, man, I could just use like a, you know, a friend to. Yeah, I make up a coffee and listen. Right. We need like deliverance. Yeah. I mean, someone we to need, pull me out of the pit. Yes, right. that kind right. of help or absolute just but think, clarity. But I think that affects your image. I think that affects your image of God. Is why I'm yeah. interrupting yeah. to tell you that because right. I think if we just think God's our helper in a kind of that weaker sense, like right. He's there when you need Him to help you, um, you know, just choose A or B right. instead of our deliverer mm, when right. we really can't do something. We're and, really right. in need of. Mm. 
mm-hmm. help in the deepest sense. Mm-hmm. That's the God yeah. that we... And so if you're Amen. thinking about this word, think about the last time we, we've sang in church, here I raise mine, Ebenezer, mm-hmm. hither by thy help I've come. So the Hebrew word for help is Ezer, mm-hmm. Uh Eben is stone. So that literally is a transliteration of a Hebrew word, stone of help. It's where you raise a memorial to God's help in your life. So when you've sung that song, I'm sure if you're like me, you've thought about these are the times I have come through with God's Mm -hmm. help. Help. This Mm -hmm. is not like, oh, someone helped me Mm -hmm. put something in the crock pot this morning. Mm -hmm. It's right. This is God has powerfully intervened Mm -hmm. in my life Mm -hmm. to come alongside. Yes. And I've, I've just had numerous experiences with the Lord where it's just intervened. And and so, you know, um, when Cindy and I go to Rome, we have a place we always go to and stop because there was a particular moment in my life where God intervened in a, in a very powerful, memorable, unforgettable way. And I know exactly where I was when it happened. Mm. And so every year when we go to Rome, we go right there and stop for a moment and that's our Ebenezer. We didn't. We didn't raise anything there. We, we didn't have to. There are enough monuments in Rome. We just claimed mm-hmm. one that was already there. Yeah, right. you're not going to forget where that corner is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, so uh, there's a there's a Bernini um, um, obelisk, and uh, he he cast it on the on the back of an elephant. It's right in front of Santa Maria Sopra Minerva, which is a very famous church in Rome. And I was right there when this happened to me, and so we can't walk by that place without stopping and mm-hmm. pausing and thanking God for what He's done. So. I've just got those experiences in my life and where I know I need his intervention and I've seen his hand in my life and he's done things that I could not do myself or undo myself. And I've watched him do it. You know, it's, um, it's kind of like Jehoshaphat. One of my favorite stories in the scripture when God said, let me, let me fight this one. You, know, you, you just stand back and watch and I will show you what only I can do. Well, we have those moments in our lives. And, um, and so find yourself, trying to make a huge decision or you or you're trying to climb out of a situation that you know you found yourself in and it doesn't doesn't seem um recoverable mm-hmm. you know and um the lord just has a way of of working and, you know he doesn't always obviously speaking of calendars if he was on the dentist calendar that would be awesome mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's on his own calendar, and so I have I've had to learn through the years to reconcile myself to his plan, his will, his timing. Um, but I've learned to trust him, even though, you know, in my weakness still, sometimes I, I, I do cry out to him and ask him, you know, are you paying attention? You know, mm-hmm. you, do, you, do you know this is going on? I know you're busy. <laughs> that sounds facetious, but you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are times when I find myself yeah. even doubting a little bit. But he has over and over and over shown me his power to intervene and mm-hmm. deliver. Mm-hmm. And I trust him to do it and trust me to do it in his own terms. And I've had to come to grips with that. So, yeah. So if you're at a place in your life right now where you don't know what to do, you need help, you need intervention, you need wisdom, you need guidance, you know, you need peace, you need comfort, man, this, this, this is where to go. Lord. You know, mm-hmm. one of my colleagues was at church Sunday and I didn't know it. I didn't see him. And uh, he and I have pastored um, through the years. He's not pastoring. He works for Texas Baptist. And his wife has just died. And uh, it's been a very challenging, difficult time in his life. And um, and so when the service is over, um, I look up and there he is. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, brother, I had no idea you were here today. And he said, well, I'm sitting at the back. And well, he's got tears in his eyes. And he said, I wasn't sure what I was going to do today. I decided to go to, I decided to go First Baptist Arlington and just you're my friend, Dennis. And he said, and you obviously decided to preach a sermon just to me, mm. you know, mm. 
because I need God's help right now. Yeah. And I thought, man, oh man, you know, what a what a word from the Lord. Yeah. You know, just exactly what he needed. Yeah. <clears throat> and um so Right. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. And if you're sitting there thinking, I don't I don't know where I would where I would even ask God for help right now. Life is good, then mm-hmm. you just prepare for those moments. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. not like hold on to your butts, here it comes, that's right. but that's a Jurassic Park quote, by the way. Uh, just you know, softens, <laughs> well, softens the blow. Katie is a big Jurassic yeah. Park fan. Yeah, I'm who never, is it? I've Come on. Never seen oh yeah. Well, I was like eight when it came out, so it's a home run yeah. for me. But anyway. Yeah, <laughs> but and I felt a little judgment from you when I told you I'd never seen it before. Well, so and still the, have, we may still be it. judging you a little bit. I still haven't seen it. Sorry. I publicly apologize <laughs> for feelings I cannot control. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> But I think, you know, we, we God is there when we need him. Mm-hmm. And in the good times, right. let's not lose sight of this. This is a God that still deserves that's our right. whole selves. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all yeah. I'm trying to say. Which goes to the next word. He watches. Yeah. Keeps. Yeah. Preach it. He watches. And Isn't that I, good? I, I actually love that word. Yeah. Um, I really do because to me, it just means so much to me to watch, you know, to watch over, to guard, to keep, to protect. And man, that, speaking of repetition, I think it's yeah. six times and three through eight. And this is not watching TV. This right. is like, this is new mom watching the baby monitor. Yeah, this is, he will not let your foot slip. Yeah. He who watches over you will not slumber. I mean, that's probably, he, indeed, who who watches over Israel will not slumber nor sleep. There's that good repetition. And those are two words we can get into because one is, about it's not sl- the slumbering and sleeping. sleep words. Yeah. One is, I'm like dozing off and yeah. falling asleep. The other is just like deep yeah, out, conked out. Mm-hmm. So God doesn't doze off on the mm-hmm. couch. Nope. God isn't taking a deep slumber. That's mm-hmm. right. So, and I love Good. that that idea that He's watching, He's keeping. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, over your coming and going, yeah. both now and forevermore. Well, that's pretty comprehensive. What a, what a great word, you know. For, it's powerful, for us. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That you never escape His attention. Um, you never move far. You never move so far that you you're beyond His reach. And and his ability to watch over you and to protect you, mm-hmm. even in ways that you don't know or understand or even acknowledge. Yeah. I, I just love that. And I think <clears throat> as I listen to you say that, um, and I've, I've talked about that in here. I often listen to it the sermon later. I don't listen to it live because mm-hmm. I'm serving mm-hmm. our church behind the scenes in those ways. Mm-hmm. But that really, I think that caught me because I was just reflecting on it. I was actually getting gas and listening to it about how how that might shape our prayer life too. If you know that God is not asleep at the wheel mm-hmm. and God is not, mm-hmm. we don't have to ring the doorbell and, mm-hmm. and knock down the door just to wake him up mm-hmm. to get his attention for right. what we need. Mm-hmm. There's an attentive God that's, mm-hmm. that doesn't tire. And we know this, you know, that's kind that's of a, right. an attribute of God, but I think the way that the psalmist writes, it really can get your attention on just the God that's waiting for mm-hmm. you and right. watching over you that's right. and ready. And he can see in the dark. Yeah, and we I don't, and it's not just up there. <laughs> well, we, you talked about other yeah. deities mm-hmm. and other religions, yeah. some, especially ancient Near East, which just yeah. the ancient ones around, you know, kind of when the Bible mm-hmm. was written, they even yeah. portray them as just absent-minded <laughs> or not that good or right. just asleep, and you have right. to really get their attention just not to help you. Attention. And you have to convince them to even help you mm-hmm. or just sneak by them mm-hmm. to stay out of their wrath. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just such a different image of the gods mm-hmm. than, you know, the, the Yahweh Amen. that we get. You know? And I just love that. You know, when, you know, when you just, you're captured by that vision of who God is that he can see in the dark and, and that he, he's comfortable in the dark. I mean, the Bible opens in darkness and he's just mm-hmm. hovering, you know, his, his presence is so powerful. And so in those dark moments of my life, you know, where I can't necessarily see, he's watching and guarding 
and and he sees perfectly. And so I, I just have to trust him in those moments and uh, and trust his care for me. And I think that when you think about them on a journey to Jerusalem, if it's a literal physical journey, mm. you know, there's so much treachery along the way, as I mentioned Sunday, with bandits and mm-hmm. potential injuries and not enough water or food, or or you're or you're carrying everything with you and everybody knows that, so you're susceptible. I mean, there's yeah. just there's <laughs> just so many things in the idea that at some point you're gonna have to rest. Well, if it, let's just say you decided. What if we said, okay, we're not going to purchase our animals this year in Jerusalem. We're going, we're going to take our own animals, okay? So we've chosen our very—you had to take your very best. So you've, right. you've got the very best of everything you have. And mm-hmm. so who's going to sleep, you know? Someone's <laughs> not. You know, so think about it. Well, he never sleeps, you know? And mm-hmm. so that idea that he's there watching over us and he's caring for us and and, and that um, and that he has, our, he has our best interest at heart in the sense of how it connects to his will and his plan— uh, I don't know. I just think it's a great way to launch the Lenten season for me that we're all on a journey. We're all in different places, um, but we're not going to travel this road alone. And um, and I, just, I just think if you need to hear that today, well, then let that just wash over mm. your soul. You're not you're not by yourself as, as lonely as you can feel. You know, we've talked about mm. that in here before, how loneliness is an epidemic and yeah. how, you know, the other day, Kurt Grice sent us this article about how We've become less and less social over the last 50 as years. As a society. You know, just yeah. as a society. People are spending more time doing every activity alone. They have these whole, this whole fascination with watching people, like people that are bowling alone. Robert Putnam, famous book, Bowling yeah. Alone. Yeah, which is a crazy—you think mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Who bowls al- I mean, yeah. alone? I mean, now I Why? did that day we were hiding from the staff, you know. But yeah, but uh, even then, you uh, chatted with every staff yeah, member of there. Course. You know, you and couldn't. You, even the then, you couldn't do it by yourself. Yeah, yeah. I just couldn't help myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, so how how did we get to that point? That whole idea of being alone and isolated. Well, you know, the Bible to me just carries us to a whole different reality to where we're not alone. God is with us, and He calls us to be together with His people. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. I think it's a great way to start. Easter, you know, and and then next Sunday agree. we're going to look at a really powerful Psalm, Psalm one twenty two. You know, you're in the man. There's everything in the world going on all around us. You know, and Psalm one twenty two mm-hmm. is one of those famous psalms, also about finding peace in the midst of whatever it is that you're facing. So, um, so yeah, this is this is going to be a shepherding journey. You know, for the Easter Good. season, give well, me a chance to shepherd our people, encourage them mm. um, as they walk toward the cross, and um, I love it. I'm looking forward to I'm it. I'm enjoying it. Can I give a plug before we wrap up? And mm-hmm. Luke, you may have other places you want to go to. I don't mean to. Oh no, go project. ahead. Um, you know, we're doing our ascent booklet. Yes. Our together in word and deed booklet. Mm-hmm. And the text for this week is Psalm 46. Yeah, which is powerful. Uh, well, and so is the Mark passage. Because mm-hmm. you've given us some gospel mm-hmm. narrative to go with mm-hmm. it. So we stay attached to the story of Jesus, which I right. think is awesome. So it kicks off with Jesus getting baptized by John and the Spirit. Mm-hmm. The Spirit hovering, the voice from God booming. You know, that's a beautiful and powerful mm-hmm. passage. Psalm 46, though, um, I was reading this morning. And I, I won't read it all to you all because that's your... Assignment that's your to assignment go do this it. Week. Spend, spend, spend the week in Psalm 46. And that's, but that's my plug. I just say I read it this morning and it's really been um, generative for me in my spirit with in my time with God. And so mm-hmm. uh, don't miss it, yeah. you know, because if you miss mm-hmm. it, you miss it. You do. You do. And then God will meet you next week, but yeah. there's something for you this week. There so is. there it is. Great. Be still and know that I'm God. Wow. I love that. And he will be exalted. Yeah. Regardless of what we think or, yep. you know, nations are in uproar. Mm. It's almost like the, the, that was written this morning. <laughs> I know. And that's the very end of it. Don't yeah. miss the, I mean, yeah. 
I, we can talk. I mean, this is more for me than for y'all, but there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Mm-hmm. You know? I love this. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So don't miss the daily Bible reading. Amen. <clears throat> wow. And then we have stuff for you to do. So do it. Yeah. And then together and work, look at the companion page about how you put it into action, mm-hmm. which is really valuable. Thank you, Luke, for a uh, peek behind the curtain. Luke, we don't put our names next to it, but Luke wrote that part. So appreciate really you, Luke. Good. Yeah. Really good. Thank y'all. Well. It's fun. Thank y'all for uh, your time this morning. And yeah. we'll see y'all next week. Looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. listening to the Tell Me More podcast today. You can subscribe to this podcast on your app of choice, or you can visit us at fbca.org to find out more information about the podcast and our church. Thanks for listening. Have a good day.